guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello and welcome to Making Kayfabe, the show where two real-life writers rebook a host of wrestling's biggest missed opportunities. From the John Cena heel turn to the NWO and the WWF, from Kurt Angle's retirement to Sean O'Hare, we've covered a lot here in our last five seasons, but today it's a Making Kayfabe first as we fantasy book an independent talent and his name is Warhorse. My name is Bryce, I'm here with my good friend Dylan and yeah, you heard me, we're booking Warhorse today. This episode is truly going to rule ass because Warhorse is the number one ruler of ass. But hey, it's actually really fortunate that we, believe it or not, have the number two ruler of ass right here in the studio. Hey, Dylan, how are you? Very good. Thank you very much. I'm a little annoyed that I've been usurped as number one ruler of ass because, as you know, I used to wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah. You heard that for a long time, yeah. I mean, I could, I could rule. I could, you know, any ass you put in front of me, I could tell you exactly how lengthy it is. <laughs> I don't think it's that kind of ruling. I'm a, I can rule any ass. Yeah. That's 18 centimeters. That's a little. That's a small ass, in my opinion. 18 centimeters is quite a small ass, isn't it? <laughs> how do you measure? Do you measure from top to bottom or side to side? Um, I do. Well, I, I do both. You or is it like a do, circumference kind of thing, right? Is it like you have, there's like a lot to it. It's not just like one number. You know, you have to put a lot of different things yeah. into it and calculate it and then figure it out. And then you get then you get the optimum uh, yeah. ass uh, yeah. circumference. There's a lot of arithmetic and, and mathematics. It's in, much more complicated being the ruler of an ass than you would imagine it to be. Well, that's uh, it. You, you just don't got time for that shit. And that's that's why no. Warhorse is the number one ruler of ass these days, right? Well, disputed. I mean, I'll have to have a conversation with this man about this, you know. Mm, mm. Get, get, get the officials involved, I think. Yeah, exactly. This needs settled, yeah, you know. Yes, I think that's a yeah. good idea. So this, int- <laughs> so this episode's a very interesting concept. <laughs> I, th- I think it's fair to say that our, our, our listener base is a mostly uh, WWE skewing kind of um, audience. I mean, in the past, we've kind of dabbled outside of WWE, like Dark Order for AEW or Aces and Eights for TNA, Bret Hart and WCW. But we do usually kind of mosey on back to WWE because the nature of our show is rebooking and missed opportunities. And in WWE, there are plenty. But today, we're booking what I believe is one of the biggest missed opportunities in wrestling, and that is Warhorse. It's a name that hopefully our listeners are aware of, but. If not, I think you're in for a treat. Warhorse is probably one of my favourite wrestlers at the moment. I think he's fresh, I think he's fun, he's entertaining, and the guy can wrestle as well. And from where I stand, I think it's incredible that WWE or AEW haven't picked up the guy full-time. And today, basically, my goal is to show what can be done with Warhorse if you were picked up by a major organisation, namely AEW and Straight off the bat as well, this isn't a criticism or, or anti-AEW podcast. Honestly speaking, I'm a huge fan of AEW. I just feel like there's a lot of talent to be harvested by Warhorse. It may have been a missed opportunity to not keep him on the roster. So I'm going to get my fantasy booking hat on and tell a tale of the Warhorse. So I guess, Dylan, like, what, 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 what do you know about Warhorse? Like, what, what's your kind of thoughts on him? I saw him on AEW once hmm. whenever Cody Rhodes was doing that. Uh, open challenge thing, which I thought was a good idea. Yeah, great uh, idea. To have people like outside of the the, the company kind of come in was 
interesting, although you felt like it wasn't going to lead anywhere substantial, mm. which is kind of what happened with Warhorse. He came in and got a shot on like TV, yeah. but they didn't follow it up with anything. He didn't go anywhere. True. And so that's pretty much all I know about Warhorse, other than, like you said, he seems to talk about ruling ass a lot. <laughs> he does rule ass. Yeah, th- which is intriguing. That- that's an interesting stance for a pro wrestler to have. You know what I mean? Um, only shouts a lot. I've heard this. This is this is what I I I have because again I'm a see this is what's great about this rebooking because Bryce you're you're pitching it to the right man. I don't know anything about Warhorse, so the story you're gonna spin to me is is gonna like sell Warhorse to me basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's this has actually worked out perfectly. Yeah, I'm actually here on behalf of Warhorse Creative today um, to, well, to if, convert if you, you into Warhorseism. Yeah. If you are here on behalf of Warhorse, tell him I'm the number one ruler of life. <laughs> he's the slowest rule. He can have wrestling. He's be- he's gonna beat me at wrestling. All right. I think we can both agree mm, on that. Mm, mm. <laughs> right? It's a close call, but I think he's gonna beat me at wrestling. You edge it, yeah. 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 But let me have the ass thing, all right? I don't I don't have a whole <laughs> lot of other things going on in my life right now. Right? Yeah, you don't you don't have much. Yeah, give 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 him the ass thing, give Warhorse. Me the ass I mean, thing. come on, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> please this is this is i'm talking straight to warhorse now please don't make don't make me better <laughs> i want the ass thing back please mr warhorse <laughs> all right well i tell you what I, I will tell you all about warhorse but before we do as always we'd like to see what our listeners have been saying about today's episode so let's go in to see what they've got to say about warhorse right now So I, I mean I'm I'm kind of lost here, man. There's there's just so many comments. Um, I, I I don't know which one to start with this week, but I, I guess um, let, let, let's let's pick one at random here. Yeah, uh, that's the James best way Har- to do it. Yeah, yeah James Harter um, at Jim Harter SBM on Twitter. He 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 um, has a take on Warhorse, and uh, his take is uh, um, uh, he looks like Alice Cooper. I mean that's that's a good one to pick at random right there. Um, yeah. I mean you, you could have picked one of the other ones to talk about how great of a wrestler he is and how much everybody loves him, but you yeah. picked. You, I mean again, like you said, you picked it totally at random. You know, yeah. could have been any of them. Could have been any of the comments. Yeah, any of the hundreds of comments we got about this episode. Oh, yeah. I would say thousands of comments. Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah. Oh. So many people had an opinion on this guy. Yeah. Um, but he but does. Only, yeah, but we can only read one, so you know. Look it's a little just... bit like Alice Cooper. I mean, yeah, he's got the same metal vibe going on, yeah. right? He uh, looks like Alice Cooper in that they both at some point have worn face paint. Yeah, it's basically they have so, long black hair, yeah. Yeah, he looks Great. a bit like Gene Simmons. Yeah, <laughs> looks a bit like Sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, which Sting? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I guess I guess I mentioned it earlier, but our fan base is is quite WWE based, so maybe not many of our listeners know enough about Warhorse to comment on him. Maybe and uh, maybe in the same kind of vein as you, uh, Dylan. Like you know, you know of Warhorse, but you know you don't know much about him. So I that's didn't even exactly. Know. I didn't even know that he looked like Alice Cooper. Well, yeah, but now you know, so you're learning already. What did you think he looked like? Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, yeah, that that's what the catch-up's for. You know, we're going to tell you all about Warhorse, what his whole deal is, where he came from, um, and we're, we're going to go into that... Um, oh, wait a minute. I've got a... I've got a missed call on my phone from 
an unknown number. Um, done. Hold on. They, 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 yeah. They've left a yeah, they've left a voicemail too. And let, let's hold on. Let's see. Let's see what this is here. This is very. This is a first for making cafe, but live voicemail on air. Let's see what's going on here. Uh, I'm going to play the voicemail. Let's see what happens. Hey Bryce, it's Tyler. Um, I know you're probably writing the Warhorse episode right now, and um, I mean, I'm the bigger Warhorse fan. And I was in the shower, and I was just thinking about some booking choices that you're probably not going to make, but are better booking choices than you know you're probably going to make. So I had this idea. Um, so it's the match where Cody introduces Warhorse to AEW, but instead of like Warhorse losing, he actually beats Cody Rhodes. Beats him pretty badly. Uh, he's like punching him and shit in the ring after the bell. Arn Anderson comes down, beats the shit out of Arn Anderson. DDP comes down, beats the shit out of DDP, and uh, yeah, he gets on the mic and he goes, uh, you know, Cody. Yours isn't the ass. I came here to rule, and I am Warhorse, ruler of ass. I came here to rule the ass of the man who is named after his ass, of the ass man, Billy Gunn. Out comes Billy Gunn. He comes out. He's, like, looking scared because he's just seen everyone get their ass handed to them by the Warhorse. And he's like, I don't use that name anymore, Warhorse. I'm, I'm Billy Gunn now, but... I always knew this day would come. I always knew I'd have to face the ruler of ass. And Warhorse, he's like, you and me, we're going to have a match. We're going to have a, a total domination of the ass match in in full gear inside inside a cage. And the idea of the match is that there's a flag in each corner and the winner puts their flag up the ass of the other guy. Warhorse wins and Billy Gunn gets a flag put in his ass. It's basically, basically what I'm going for. So, um, so thoughts? <laughs> I have two thoughts. First of all, he didn't even say goodbye. He just... That's just rude, Jay. You leave a voicemail, you don't even say goodbye. Yeah. yeah, he just stopped talking and then you just pick up the pieces. Second of all, he didn't seem to know that I was the number one ruler of ass either. Like, what well, yeah. the hell? He didn't mention me at all. Uh, how long has this Warhorse guy been stealing my thunder? Oh, at least two years. At least two years, yeah. Ridiculous. But I put yeah, a lot of hard it. work in for nothing. That was Tyler from Book It Late Russell fame. And uh, also also the guy who did just fucking badass artwork for the episode. That artwork, like, they've all been pretty amazing. Some of them have been incredible. That, yeah. that fucking Warhorse one. Next level. Yeah. It, he put a lot of time and effort into that shit, man. Yeah. And you can tell it looks yeah. fucking badass. It's like I an actual cut. It's a comic book yeah. cover. Generally, is I want to. I want to see that comic now. You know. Well, I was gonna say I can't wait. I can't wait for him to do the front cover for the Making Kayfabe comic. Oh yeah, of course. Coming come next spring. Me, yeah. You and me yeah. on mm -hmm. the on the front cover. That's gonna be amazing. Yeah. But until then, take a look at the Warhorse one and, and admire that. It's mm. beautiful. You can put it up on your wall. It's a fucking piece of art, you know? Damn right, yeah. But what, what, what do you think about Mr. Ass being the a ruler of ass as well? Where does, where does he fit in the, the kind of um, the lineup of ass rulers? A lot of people ripping on my gimmick right now. I don't appreciate this. <laughs> I really, You're I the original ruler unique. of ass. Yeah. I thought it was unique. I thought I had something here. And then so it turns out fucking every motherfucker is in here still ruling ass in a totally <laughs> different way. It seems there are different ways to interpret the ruler of asses. 
it's a whole whole mystifying <laughs> business right here. So I I am not sure what to think. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Bryce, mm, and mm. guess that your rebooking for Warhorse isn't at all what Tyler suggested. It's it's slightly different. Um, it goes in a different direction, but you know there's some similarities. There's some similarities in there. I won't lie. I think um, the similarities are one Warhorse is in it. <laughs> that's a similarity. Cody Rose is in it as well. Well, I was going to say it probably yeah. has the second similarity was probably that you involved that match with Cody Rhodes at some point. Yeah, 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 exactly. So those are the only um, similarities. Tyler, dude, thank you for that work, man. Love you a bit, buddy. Um, and let's just should we should we just should we go into just fucking booking Warhorse? Should we do this? You're gonna have to turn your phone off from now on, man. This I mean, yeah. Nice. I'm gonna block block that number. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yes, let's 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 warhorse. Fuck yeah! Let's do a catch up on warhorse. Rule some ass. Ash ruler number one. Damn it! All right, so warhorse. Where do I begin? So warhorse for the uninitiated. Warhorse is a wrestler who. He stands out. Since 2019, he's played the Warhorse gimmick, which is almost like a, a throwback to the 1980s style, kind of shout at the camera promos with a sort of kind of heavy metal flavour to it. You know, his character is a proper metal head. Like one of, one of his signature taunts is head banging and throwing the devil horns up in the air. Very metal. In fact, he actually, he actually weighs in at more than 4,000 pounds of metal, um, which my sources tell me is 100% accurate. So... In the ring, he's a very solid worker. As far as style goes, it's kind of hard to pin down because he's sort of an all-rounder. Um, you know, as a smaller guy, he has a cruiserweight. He's got he's got cruiserweight style moves like the double foot stomp and the diving elbow drop. But he's also incorporating some power style slams and suplexes into his act, and plenty of cool strikes as well. And, and the thing I find about Warhorse is that every match I see him in everything looks clean, you know? Like, he's perfected what he does, and what he does in the ring seems legit and believable, right? Outside of the ring, he's amassed just an impressively large following for someone yet to sign with a major organisation, and at the time of recording, he's hitting 37,000 followers on Twitter, and, like, dude, he's, he's earned all the attention, to be fair. You know, his tweets are often hilarious, he's full of charisma, which he shows by cutting fantastic promos which kind of force you to pay attention and like i said at the start he's just generally super fun super entertaining character who people like me and hopefully the listeners of the show are starting to get behind and if it interests you there's a there's a handful of matches that i definitely recommend you check out some of which are from his reign as iwtv independent wrestling champion which he held for 532 days making 45 successful title defenses and Two, two notable matches from that reign are where he faced AEW stars Orange Cassidy and John Silver in just two absolute bangers of matches. There's the infamous Last Standing match against Gary J. Not infamous for match quality or anything, more because Warhorse... Do, do you know what happened in this one? Did he bring a pillow out from under the ring and make him fall asleep? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Like we're going to get that, yeah. <laughs> He didn't bring a pillow out. Warhorse literally got his lip ripped open. Hello. Yeah, like he's got a big, huge scar going down to his chin, basically, because he got like the hook of the, you know how the the turnbuckles have a hook at the end of them yeah. to attach to the rope. That got put in his mouth, basically. 
and he kind of got thrown around and um, the thing just ripped the fuck out of his mouth basically um, oh yeah like, that happened to me once too yeah uh, dude it happens all the time to me and all I can't stop that. we gotta no. stop fucking putting turnbuckles in our mouths but it's too it's too much fun you think after the first time we'd learn but it is just fun to do it's but, a lot of uh, fun guys I had try it at home kids <laughs> <laughs> We don't endorse. We don't endorse. <laughs> Where are the kids at home like gonna have find a turnbuckle hook? <laughs> I mean, true. That that is true. But no, like legitimately, like it looked fucking gnarly. And don't, uh, don't but it's, it's got a cool, cool scar now, though. Very cool scar, at least. So there's actually another match I forgot about for the IWTV title. Um, it's one of his defenses against Kylie Ray. Also pretty damn epic. But yeah, all of those are on YouTube, folks. Did if she you want beat to him? Do. No, yeah, Warhorse. He beat, he beat her. This is a uh, and he's 532 day reign. Somebody had to beat him. Yeah, it wasn't Kaylee Ray. Uh, no. I think it was um, Moriarty, I think, um, but I might, might be wrong. But yeah, they're all, they're all on YouTube if you want to go check them out. And by the way, according to Cage Match, he also even faced Gangrel back in August for hybrid wrestling in Pennsylvania, which is a match I haven't seen, but I want to. Not the first time Gangrel's been mentioned this season, right? Yeah, we, we, we like that guy. I, I have a feeling Gangrel... Is going to be popping up in the next season. Season six, I think, for Gangrel. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. He's long overdue a rebooking. But, but anyway, we're, we're going to focus today's fantasy booking around the time where Warhorse made an appearance on the AEW Dynamite. But hey, how did this all come about? Let's find out. So on July 6, 2020, Cody Rhodes, then TNT champion, he sent out a tweet asking, who do you want to see answer the Open Challenge? And of course, at the time, he was putting the TNT Championship on the line against a variety of up-and-coming AEW stars like Jungle Boy and Mark Quinn uh, to debuting stars like Eddie Kingston and Ricky Starks. But when he put this tweet out, holy shit, he got bombarded with Warhorse, Warhorse, Warhorse. And from this, a hashtag was created, hashtag Cody Fears Warhorse. And that was because despite the clear Warhorse love in the replies, Cody kept facing other dudes on Dynamite. And the Warhorse bandwagon didn't let off, though. Like Fans just kept tweeting AEW with Cody Fears Warhorse hashtag, and even Warhorse himself started getting involved in it. And let me tell you, man, he made the absolute fucking most out of the buzz he was getting. You know, he leaned into it, and it did him good, because eventually Cody starts acknowledging Warhorse on Twitter, and Arn Anderson starts acknowledging Warhorse in interviews, and soon enough, it was announced on the official, the official AEW Twitter that Warhorse would take on Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship on the July 29th edition of Dynamite. And in response to the announcement, Warhorse tweeted, The plan is to walk out of the TNT Championship in about 4 minutes 59 seconds, then I'll go to the sink and wash all of the bleach blonde hair off my fists. And that tweet picked up just under 2,500 likes, and on Dynamite, Warhorse and Cody had a, a great 10-minute match, and with Warhorse getting the majority of the offense, believe it or not, which ended in Cody Rhodes tapping him out with a figure four after the match, and bear this stuff in mind because it's relevant to the fantasy booking. After the match, Cody had his back turned to the entrance ramp as John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order come out for a sneak attack. Warhorse sees them, pushes Cody out of harm's way, and takes a brief beating from the Dark Order members. They then focus their attack on Cody before Cody is then saved by a debuting Mark Cardona who comes out to the ring and takes out Silver and Reynolds. Warhorse is basically never mentioned again, which is a shame. And after I mean, this, it seems... To be fair, yeah. Mark Cardona was <laughs> barely mentioned again after that as well. Also true, actually. Yeah, he wasn't there for long, <laughs> was he? <laughs> fair point. <laughs> 
And after this, it seems like Warhorse basically wasn't offered a contract. He only actually appeared for AEW again very recently, and within the last couple of weeks, actually, in a, in a losing effort on Dark to Andrade, kind of a squash match, basically. And again, I, th- I think it's a shame because I generally feel like Warhorse could be an integral part of AEW TV. For me, there was one thing working against him in his match against Cody, and that was the timing. It was basically right at the start of the pandemic, so no fans in the audience, you know. Um, it was only the, the wrestlers on the outside of the ring making the noise. And I reckon if a live crowd was there during Warhorse versus Cody, Warhorse would have been signed on the spot because the dude is over. But of course, making cafe, we work with the tools that promotions actually have, so we can't just magic a live crowd into existence and call that a good booking. I feel like we can we can build quite a good story about out of what we have here with the match build and the post-match in mind. So what do you say? Should we should we tell some tales of the Warhorse? I think that we have no choice but to do that very thing. All right, well, let's show how Warhorse rules ass. Not the same way that I do it, evidently. Not better. Yeah, yeah so better. I do it efficiently. I do it with statistics. Efficiently. <laughs> <laughs> you get the boys in the lab on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's pick Warhorse. So, as covered in the catch up, we're picking up this rebooking from Warhorse's match against Cody Rhodes on the July 29th, 2020 Dynamite. After the match, the Dark Order hit the ring and attacked Warhorse and Cody. Now, I must stress, I must make it clear for the modern day AEW viewer this was not modern day Dark Order. They weren't the fun, babyface, hangman supporting faction that's around in November of 2021. They were a hugely heelish, cult-like faction led by the exalted one, Brody Lee. And they had a grudge against Cody at this time, hence the attack. Warhorse, Warhorse saves Cody from a Pearl Harbor, but quickly got disposed of by the Dark Order. And of course, once Silver and Reynolds out of the Dark Order disposed of Cody too, Big Matt Cardona, pre-Deathmatch King run, came out for the save. And the angle serves as a, a decent starting point for our story because I like the idea of it, just not how it went down. So straight away, we're going to make one slight change to how all this happened. And the slight change is basically Warhorse not getting taken out literally immediately by the Dark Order and getting forgotten about in the kind of ensuing melee. So Warhorse still has a lot to offer right from the start here. He's just had a fantastic match where he's given Cody Rhodes everything he's got. And several times during the match, he's got himself over as Cody's equal. So why not have him stand and fight with Cody, even for a little bit? And surely, the Dark Order are fresh and likely to get the better of the fight. But, you know, give Warhorse a big babyface rub by having him fight side by side with the TNT champion. If only for a little while. You know, don't make it look like he's been forgotten about immediately, right? You can still have Cardona come out and take all the attention away, but that's fine. But, you know, because that's going to play into our story. So... Cardona takes out the Dark Order members single-handedly, saving the skin of Cody and Warhorse. Segment ends there. And next week, we've got a segment backstage where TNT champion Cody Rhodes and his best friend Matt Cardona are talking about last week's post-match assault. And he says that he's thankful for Matt Cardona for coming in for the save, since he really was in a spot of peril, and basically gets across that he's really appreciative of it. And... They're going to talk about the Dark Order's attack last week. Cody directly addresses Dark Order leader Brody Lee. He questions why Brody Lee would send his minions to attack him when he's clearly a big enough guy to carry out the attack himself. 
He warns the Dark Order to stay out of his business because he now has eyes on the back of his head and his good friend Matt Cardona. But before the promo ends, Cody addresses something else. And he says, And hey, Warhorse, don't think I've forgotten about you. When the Dark Order came calling, you stood and fought with me. You didn't have to. You weren't getting paid for that. You owe nothing to me. You fought through honour and respect of your opponents. And at AEW, that kind of attitude gets rewarded. So next week, I'm inviting you back to Dynamite for Cody Rhodes versus Warhorse 2. And I'll even put the belt on the line. And, and as he says this, let's just say Matt Cardona, he looks a little bit bemused, so to speak. You know, it's subtle, you know, kind of like what, how AEW do things subtly. But as Cody Rhodes makes the announcement, you can see that Cardona's maybe questioning a few things. So... He's not totally happy that Cody is given a rematch to Warhorse for fighting with him because what does Matt Cardona get? You know, a thank you? Anyway, like his bewildered expression fades quickly and he and Cody Rhodes walk off camera. So next week on Dynamite, as promised, we've got Cody versus Warhorse 2. And again, the internet would probably be buzzing about this. All of Warhorse's 37,000 followers would have a special interest in Dynamite this week. And those who weren't Warhouse fans going into two weeks ago will automatically be more intrigued now that this charismatic dude's been invited back. Anyway, Warhorse comes out, Cody comes out, and even Matt Cardona is there. You know, we'll stick Cardona on commentary so that he's got a great view of the ring, but also so the fans can be reminded that he is there. And maybe he makes a few kind of quasi-negative comments about our boy Warhorse. Again, nothing blatant, but definitely with a large hint that Cardona ain't too pleased about this match taking place, so planting some seeds there. So the bell rings and the match gets underway and Cody and Warhorse wrestle around for four or five minutes. Much like their match a couple of weeks ago, we're going to give Warhorse a fair bit of offence here, make him appear as Cody's equal because we're trying to make a start out of this guy, right? But after the aforementioned four or five minutes, suddenly we're going to hear a loud thwack through our television screens because Matt Cardona has been hit from behind with a steel chair by Dark Order's number 10. And he falls on at the commentary desk as 10 begins assaulting him. Meanwhile, Cody Rhodes and Warhorse are in the ring and they see this happen, but it ain't long before they are victims of a Dark Order assault as Alan Angels, John Silver and Alex Reynolds hit the ring, beating down the two men mid-match. Of course, the bell rings for a no contest as Dark Order leader, the exalted one Brody Lee, walks out. And when Brody Lee is satisfied that Cody Warhorse and Cardona have been beaten down to his satisfaction, he gets on the mic. And Brody Lee responds to Cody's question last week about why he doesn't just do the beatdowns himself. And the answer for that is that he just doesn't have to. You know, many hands make light work. And that's why it's better to be with the Dark Order than against them. Cody and his friends better watch their backs because this is only the beginning. And later that night in Dynamite, during the commentator's rundown of next week's card, we see a six-man tag match booked. Dark Order members Alan Angels, John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus the team of Cody Rhodes, Warhorse and Matt Cardona. Something to look forward to next week. Who doesn't love a six-man tag match, you know? The answer is nobody, because everyone loves a six-man tag match. And one of, the, one of the men isn't even a man, he's a horse. So, you know, a horse of war. So, you know, and he rules ass. So, like, you know, got, got a lot to look forward to there. Are horses allowed to fight men? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were the one scoffing at the idea of an interspecies match between the bunny and <laughs> somebody else in my Adam Rose. <laughs> we fucking, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm saying. 
we were just talking about, we were just talking about gladiators last week and, and the fucking patreon that is true we were gladiators fought animals like horses and shit so yeah it happens that is true well well we'll allow it then we'll allow it okay thanks for that yeah appreciate that Anyway, it's next week in AEW Dynamite and we've got Excalibur, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone at the top of the show talking about tonight's action. But then they get a word that there's a kerfuffle backstage. So the camera cuts to the backstage area and uh-oh, we see Cody Rhodes and Matt Cardona on the concrete floor getting stomped and pummeled by various members of the Dark Order. And this is going to be a mega assault too. You know, We're going to really sell that Rhodes and Cardona have had the shit beat out of them, you know? Maybe we get some blood involved in the angle. Gore it up. But the takeaway here is that it's looking very likely that Warhorse is going to be on his own tonight. And eventually they beat down Simmers down with help of backstage officials, referees, Jerry Lynn, etc. We continue with Dynamite. The final scene we see being Cody Rose and Matt Cardona basically knocked the fuck out. And later in the night, Tony Schiavone is backstage with Warhorse and... Ladies and gentlemen, this is the night where Warhorse is going to really shine. So, this part to me is simple. One of the main things that's got Warhorse's huge following is his promos, right? You know, proper old school shouty style promos, which always grab your attention. So, we're going to give Warhorse Warhorse 60 seconds to cut one of these awesome promos live on Dynamite and show the television audience that not only can he wrestle, but he can talk. Warhorse gets asked about Cody and Cardona getting taken out earlier that night and he's going to cut a promo on the Dark Order and how that despite Rhodes and Cardona being unable to compete tonight, it's not going to stop him. It's not going to stop Warhorse. And hey, maybe, maybe Warhorse has a, a trick up his sleeve for later too. You know, he ain't going to be coming alone, that's for sure. The Dark Order better be prepared for the unexpected because it's coming soon. In fact, it's coming next. So we cut to a commercial, we come back, and the Dark Order start to make their entrance. Alan Angels, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds will be the three men taking on Warhorse in tonight's main event. They look supremely confident. This is going to be a night off for them, they think. And Warhorse's music hits, he comes out, he stands on the stage, and he smiles. He smells a big old Cheshire cat grin at the Dark Order down in the ring. And, dude, I, I, I'm going to take this book in a, in a slightly weird direction for a second, but Warhorse needs partners as a one-off for tonight, right? And if there's one thing the AEW audience loves, it's a bit of fun nostalgia. So we're going to bring back a team for one night only to tag with Warhorse. And I think I have the perfect team. Heavy metal music hits through the PA system, and out come the headbangers. Nice. Mosh and Thrasher run out onto the stage and stand side by side with Warhorse. And dude, let me tell you why this is a good idea. Before before you switch off this podcast, folks, let me tell you why this is a good idea. First off, fucking dripping in nostalgia. You know, you can bet that the clip of the headbangers coming out side by side with Warhorse is going to be all over Twitter, all over Reddit, all over the wrestling forums within hours. Second off, the headbangers were headbangers, you know? Their gimmick was that they were the guys who you'd find in a mosh pit, and Warhorse, not too far removed from that gimmick himself. You know, Warhorse's gimmick is very heavy metal, it's a perfect pairing and a fun little moment for the AW fans watching on TV. It's a kind of silly thing, but I think it would up Warhorse's stock massively because he's at the very centre of this cool moment, and 
there's no way Tony Khan couldn't get the goddamn headbangers if he wanted to, right? You know, they're <laughs> he, not could, doing he could definitely afford the headbangers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't he know, He can afford they, the headbangers. They, they demand a pretty high price. I mean, like, I know, he, I know he can afford CM Punk, but come on, man, like Motion Frasher. Yeah, there's two of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, probably asking for a quarter of what Punk asked for, right? Mm. They'd be mm. like, "You have to pay for the car." Yeah, <laughs> you have to drive us to the arena. That's a yeah. That's a like um. They don't even want a car. They want a jet. They want a jet yeah. to pick them up from Private their jet. house. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. They're they're legends. They can demand that shit if they want. You know. Of course, of course. Yeah, but yeah. By the way, headbangers in in twenty twenty uh, still going and twenty twenty one still going as well. Um, they're wrestling for atomic revolutionary wrestling. So yeah, um, still still very much active in the tag team scene, which is pretty cool. Which works perfectly in this rebooking. It does because they're still an active tag team, so it makes exactly. sense. They're still going. So, exactly. do you remember when they were in WWE in like what 2016 or something? 2016, yeah. Yeah, they're on SmackDown for a little while. Remember? Yeah, I do remember. How fucking randoms that. And uh, they didn't have a warhorse there to capitalize on it. That's it. Now they do. So now this is a big comeback with the headbangers. But anyway, warhorse and the headbangers. They march down to the ring, and we're gonna have them defeat the Dark Order with warhorse getting a win with the flying elbow drop. Their hands get held up in victory. We get a nice little shot of Warhorse embracing the headbangers, and we cut to the next segment on Dynamite. The angle ends here tonight. And now we're at Dynamite next week, and we're seeing a segment in Cody Rhodes' office where he's speaking with Warhorse and Matt Cardona. And notably, Rhodes and Cardona look seriously beaten up from last week's assault. You know, they're, they're showing their battle scars, but Cody, he's having quite a serious chat with Cardona and Warhorse. Effectively, is apologising for bringing Matt Cardona and Warhorse into this feud with the Dark Order because it's him that the Dark Order wants, so they're his problem. He appreciates the help that Matt Cardona and Warhorse have been offering him, but he can't see other people get attacked just through his association, and now he's realised that it's time he deals with the Dark Order solo on his own. And Warhorse is about to say something to Cody, but Matt Cardona interrupts. And Matt Cardona, he just straight up asks an awkward question. He says, well, what about my contract? Is that still on the table? He's staring very intensely at Cody as he asks this. Cody doesn't quite know what to say to this. You know, he he pauses for a moment and he just says, you know, hey, man, that's not my call, but I'll try and put a good word in for you with Tony, you know. And he pats Matt Cardona on the shoulder, gives Warhorse a nod and then leaves the office. Before the segment ends, though, we have Matt Cardona and Warhorse standing there together. And Matt Cardona is very much wearing his heart on his sleeve here. You know, his body language is holding nothing back at all. He's not happy. In fact, he's very pissed off. You know, he towers over Warhorse, glaring down at him and, and just simply says, I never liked you. I never respected you. This whole mess is your doing and I am holding you personally accountable if I am not offered a contract here by next week. You better hope Tony Khan is blowing up my phone when I leave this building tonight. You better pray, kiddo. Cardona walks away and that's where the segment ends. And yeah, like hindsight is 2020. Like we know now that Mark Cardona is a fucking phenomenal heel, as seen with his work in GCW this year, but last year we didn't know about this, so I- I'm still going to be playing Matt Cardona as a heel here because at this stage, basically anyone going up against Warhorse should be a heel because we're building a babyface here. And a typical tool for building a babyface is giving them odds to overcome, you know, a challenge. And 
Matt Cardona, much bigger dude than Warhorse, and he's throwing threats at him left, right, and centre. So, sounds like a good, good challenge for a plucky underdog, right? Yeah. And anyway, we get to next week on Dynamite, and Matt Cardona's coming out to the ring to talk for a while. As you may have guessed, he still ain't too happy about how things have gone down recently. As it turns out, he wasn't offered a full-time deal by AEW. He's still on a temporary contract. But he has at least been given the opportunity to come out here and talk for a while. And talk he does. You know, Matt Cardona makes it very clear that he is pissed off at Warhorse because he fully believes that Warhorse has ruined his chance of gaining a full-time contract here in All Elite Wrestling. And Matt Cardona goes on to complain about he has been getting these ass kicked by the Dark Order all because of this little indie darling wannabe. He's really starting to heal up here. He's talking about how wrestling has changed so much in the last few years. I mean, look at him. He's huge. He's jacked. Why the hell is some stupid little kid coming in and getting the red carpet rolled out for him? I'm talking multiple TNT title matches, promo time. Even gets to go ahead and recruit his friends at Headbangers into the company. He's addressing the fans. He's saying, he, Warhorse, should be out there with you guys, not in this ring. He's a little dweeb. His Twitter following is the biggest thing about him. And anyway, Warhorse has heard enough. He comes out onto the stage and cuts a promo right back at Cardona. He quotes something that Cardona just said, namely Cardona's bemusement that Warhorse's Twitter following is getting him somewhere. Warhorse notes that Cardona was one of the first wrestlers to use social media to his advantage, broski. And it sure is hypocritical to focus on that aspect of Warhorse's person. You know, Cardona did the exact same thing, after all. It's just a shame he hit the proverbial glass ceiling with that, right, pal? And Warhorse goes on to say, contrary to popular belief, that he doesn't have a full-time AW contract either, but he has been talking with a few people backstage, namely a Mr. Tony Khan, and he's been told that next week on Dynamite, there'll be a big singles match. Warhorse announces that with Glee next week, it'll be Matt Cardona versus Warhorse, in a match for a full-time AEW contract. That's right, the winner of the match gets to sign their name on the dotted line and become a fully-fledged roster member of All Elite Wrestling. And the stipulation makes sense. I mean, in real life, um, I think you noted earlier, uh, Cardona and Warhorse were brought on on quite a a temporary basis. Um, You know, neither of them actually gained full-time employment with AEW. And now you've got two guys who were helping out Cody Rhodes before Cody Rhodes wanted to do it on his own. They both want jobs. They have a bit of beef with one another. So why not wrestle? Winner gets the contract. And at the same time, I think it puts AEW and its talent roster over at the same time. You know, nobody nobody just gets handed a contract in AEW. You know, we're, we're showing that by having these guys earn it. Warhorse versus Matt Cardona, only one man can leave as an AEW roster member. So we get to next week's Dynamite, and the high stakes match is here. It's Warhorse versus Matt Cardona, and obviously I'm not going to talk through the whole match here move for move, that's a performer's job, but the story of the match is very much big brawler versus crafty cruiserweight. In the end, it's looking like Matt Cardona is going to get the victory, but out of nowhere, Warhorse locks Cardona in a small package. One, two, three. Warhorse is the newest member of the AEW roster. And every one of the wrestlers in the AEW pandemic era crowd cheers for Warhorse's victory, but the celebration is short lived because Matt Cardona is immediately back on his feet, and holy shit, he is incandescent with rage. He wastes no time in clubbing Warhorse from behind and just starts brutalising the poor guy. 
He throws him over the top rope with a hard landing. He launches him into the ring barriers. He slams him through the timekeeper's table, etc., etc., etc. Poor Warhorse is getting his ass kicked here. And eventually, Cody Rhodes, Matt Cardona's best friend, remember, he runs down to the ring and stops this assault. And at this point, Cardona has a steel chair in his hand. He hasn't used it yet, but at the sight of Cody, he drops the chair. And he glares in the eye of his best friend and walks away, extremely pissed off about how this evening has went. And Cody goes to tend to Warhorse, make sure he's okay. By the way, side note, in the background here, Cody Rose has still been feuding with the Dark Order. Um, that hasn't stopped yet. In real life by this time, Brody Lee would have actually defeated Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship in basically the, the greatest squash match of all time. And we're going to factor that into, day, into today's rebooking too. So right now, Cody Rhodes is sans TNT title. You know, Brody Lee's champion. And um, yeah, Cody is still involved in a, a vicious feud with Brody Lee in the Dark Order. And anyway, the official announcement is made later on that Warhorse is indeed now a full-time contracted AEW wrestler. And next week, Warhorse isn't in the building. He's still selling the brutal assault from Matt Cardona last week. Tony Khan makes an announcement via Tony Schiavone that Matt Cardona is under no circumstances welcome back in Dewey's place where AEW hosts the majority of their pandemic-era shows. He congratulates Warhorse on his victory last week and makes it clear that he can take all the time he needs to recover. He hopes to see Warhorse healthy and ready to wrestle again soon. And yeah, Warhorse is going to take a couple of weeks off. Maybe he'll still be active on his Twitter page, you know, interacting with fans, giving updates on the injuries he suffered at the hands of Matt Cardona, retweeting some awesome artwork that, you know, some of our friends have made for him, things like that. But eventually Warhorse is going to return to Dynamite and he's going to have his return singles match live on the show. The opponent doesn't matter too much because of what's going to happen here, but just to put a face to a name in there, let's say it's Sonny Kiss. Warhorse comes out with a big pop from the crowd, but almost immediately he is blindsided from behind by a huge dude who, by the way, is wearing one of those Dark Order creeper masks. And other than that, he's dressed in all black, so we can't totally tell who it is, but let's be honest... AEW doesn't treat its fans like idiots, so I'd fully expect the commentary team here to be guessing who the most obvious person under that mask could be. And the masked man throws Warhorse into the ring. Sonny Kiss tries to attack the masked man to save Warhorse, but Sonny Kiss gets flattened and thrown out of the ring. Soon enough, the entire Dark Order start to filter into the ring, and I'm talking Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Ten, Five, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Anna Jay, and of course, Big Brody Lee. And once again, Cody Rhodes comes down for the save, many moments too late, but this time around, he too becomes a victim of a beating. The Dark Order and this mysterious masked man are laying big fists in the, in the foreheads of Cody and Warhorse. Eventually, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, they hold Warhorse up, and the masked man lines himself up, runs towards Warhorse, and delivers a Rough Rider, or the Radio Silence, or whatever you want to call the move. He stands up and removes his mask, and to the shock of everyone, it's of course, Matt fucking Cardona. That bastard, he ends things by having Uno and Grayson hold up Cody Rhodes, as Cardona does exactly the same thing to him now, who I'm, I'm assuming is now his former best friend. The segment ends there, with Cardona standing next to the Dark Order leader Brody Lee, grinning from ear to ear. And we're getting close to wrapping up this storyline today, because at this stage we're getting pretty damn close to AEW's All Out 2020. 
we're going to build to a match here, and we're going to do that the week before All Out, when there's a segment with Cody Rhodes and Warhorse backstage, and straight up, Warhorse is saying to Cody that he appreciates he wanted to fight the Dark Order alone in the past because they were Cody's problem, but now in the present, they're Warhorse's problem too. And that son of a bitch, Matt Cardona, is with them now, and it's not the first time that Warhorse has been in the receiving end of a Dark Order beating, you know? And Warhorse tells Cody that they have to end this before one of those beatings leaves some serious permanent damage on them. This can't keep happening, basically. You know, Cody needs Warhorse. Warhorse needs Cody. They must unite to defeat the Dark Order. And meanwhile, we also see a segment with Dark Order leader, the exalted one, Brody Lee, and the man we saw of his group last week, Matt Cardona. Brody welcomes Matt Cardona as the latest recruit to the Dark Order and praises him for his help in taking out Cody and his little lapdog last week. If Matt Cardona continues the trend, he'll become a very high-ranking member of the Dark Order. You know, Brody sees a lot of potential in him. They embrace, and the segment ends. And to cap things off, later that night, a big match is announced for All Out 2020. It's going to be a tag team match. On one side of the ring, it's Cody Rhodes and Warhorse. On the other side of the ring, it's Brody Lee and Matt Cardona of the Dark Order. It's a grudge match to end all grudge matches. And that's where we're going to end today's rebooking, because realistically, you can go in any direction here. I mean, Warhorse is pretty much over at this stage, right? He's been booked as a babyface that the fans can respect and relate to. He's had some pretty cool moments over the last few months, and he's had some fairly big victories. You know, if you wanted to get Matt Cardona's heat back and have him and Brody Lee win this one, you could totally do that. Um, obviously, Brody Lee is the current TNT champion as well, so I guess that would make sense. And it wouldn't hurt Warhorse too much. But, of course, you could have Warhorse and Cody win as well. If, for example, All Out, you're maybe lacking a few happy endings with other matches. But I guess the main point of all this is that Warhorse could be a superb addition to the AEW's roster for all the reasons I mentioned in the catch-up. And... Just in my opinion, how well he fits into today's story, you know. There's a lot of unique stuff you can do with the guy here to make him stand out. And if at the end he's rubbing shoulders with Cody Rhodes, Brody Lee, Matt Cardona on AEW's biggest pay-per-view of the year, I think he's done pretty damn well for himself. And Anyway, that's how you book Warhorse in AEW. That's pretty good, sir, may I say. Thank you, sir. I um, First of all, obviously, I love... Any rebooking that includes the headbangers. <laughs> I need pop for that. <laughs> as you as you well know, we're big fans of the headbangers. Yep, yep. And I don't know if that's public knowledge, but there, there's a handful of wrestlers that we have a, have a great affinity for. We stand uh, for, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put the belts on them. <laughs> <laughs> the headbangers are two of those guys. And they... Just because they're fun, right? So yeah, man, they're fun characters. Like it's you know, it's same, same with Stevie Richards, same with um, well, Stevie uh, Richards is a great wrestler as well. That's well, he is, but, <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with like Mosh and Frasher's wrestling, right? They were never like terrible yes, in the ring. They're, they're, I mean, they're yeah. solid. Solid, yeah, solid. Yeah. Um, what did I, I? I know that they make that appearance in your rebooking. Do they continue to work for AEW? In a perfect a world, obviously they would. In a perfect oh, yeah. world, they would have been the executive vice presidents yeah. right from the jump street. Yeah. That's t- if Tony Collins had, yeah. yeah, if Tony Collins had any fucking sense, he would have yeah. went to the headbangers instead of the young bucks and been like, "You guys are in charge." <laughs> I can't do this without you guys. Yeah, I need the headbangers. <laughs> fucking you know? Mosh is world champion. Fucking Frasher is TNT champion. Yeah, like the only way. 
Tony Khan, you need to start seeing sense here, pal. You really do. You need to start like, l- listening to us, goddammit. We have the yeah. best ideas, right? <laughs> uh, so I assume the headbangers continue to work for AEW in this No, program. it's a it's a one-off, basically. It's a one-off, like a, a kind of, um, just a, a quick nostalgia kind of like boost for Warhorse, because that's the kind of thing like you would remember as well. You know, remember that time Warhorse brought the headbangers out and it was all fun because we all remember the Missy Attitude era, you know. So it's kind of the, the thinking behind it's basically that to make a one-off appearance to help out their buddy Warhorse when he's in a tricky situation, you know. Okay, I dig it. I mean, like I said, any appearance of the headbangers is okay mm. in my book. Mm. Um, second of all, I do like the way you've kind of worked in like the Matt Cardona stuff. Like you said, mm. you're working from real life and. That the whole internet thing with Matt Cardona and Warhorse, you know, the two parallels there that really made sense. Yes, exactly. Like they both, I mean, Matt Cardona continues to do that to use social media to get himself over. Smart yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, he is. That definitely. guy, I, I that, that guy has proven himself to be the fucking MVP of 2021. I agree. Let me tell you, mm. wonderful, wonderful. Um, so I like that part. I would have. Like you said at the end, I would have um, Cody and Warhorse uh, win that match if it were me, okay. um, because I think that that because like for example, Cardona as we know now didn't have a a long shelf life in AEW, so mm. if you had him lose that match, he can take time off to go back to the Indies and do what he's doing now and like kill yeah. it, and then that way you've got Cody Rhodes still a, a fan favorite, and given the rub to Warhorse, you've got Warhorse getting a bit of a shine. You know, like, obviously, he's not going to come in and win every single fucking match straight mm. off the bat. But a match, like, winning the match like that, that's high profile. That's, that's, it's going to, like you said, put a bit more spotlight on him. Agreed. And yeah. it's not going to hurt the other guys at all, I don't think, you know. They can, they could bounce back from that. So I think, I think, like, it all makes, which is what you want, really, from a book, it is for it all to make sense. Yes. Um, that's so the goal. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, um, and I, so yeah, I dig it. There's some good stuff in there. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, enjoyed enjoyed writing this one. It was um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a first for making kayfabe. Um, you know, hope you uh, hope the listeners enjoyed it. Um, the first time you know. we've ever booked a horse. Yeah, is it, is it the first time we booked a horse? You know. Um, I think so. Is Steve Blackman a horse? We'll have to double um, check. We to, <laughs> we'll wait for those DNA results. I think you know. <laughs> Steve Black was like, "Why are you taking my DNA?" Like, shut up. <laughs> Turns out he's actually called Steve Black Horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, Black Beauty, Black, 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 horse. Black Horse. Yeah. <laughs> Black Beauty Horse. Steve uh, Beauty Horse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all we got. I can't. I can't think of any more horse puns. No. We don't know a lot about horses. All right. <laughs> I mean, you've got, got the code, right? You're, you're, you've got the code. Your voice is about horse, isn't it? There we go. See there this? We, go. we, there's, got there's jokes. we may not know a lot about horses, but we know jokes. That's it. I mean, get the shit away for free. It's incredible. Yes, exactly. Although if you guys wanted to start paying for it, there are ways. We, we, we can arrange that. We can arrange that. Yeah. There are ways. That's it. Uh, but... So yes, good stuff. Cheers, dude. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, well, it's time for something, something, uh, something that's very, very fun and very, very fruitful. Um, you know, it's time for a game. Is it? Is it about? Are you going to challenge me to rule some people's asses? Because I'm very good at this. Yeah, I was going to, but then I realized there's somebody better at doing it, so I stayed. Yeah, but not, he's not but... here. I'm on the show. I can do it. Yeah, I but you're not as Trust good, me, I'm really. Good. I am. This yeah. is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hunt this fucking warhorse guy down. 
I'm gonna I don't know, man. Like, if if you invite, for example, a juggler onto the show, like you, you don't want it to be the second best juggler in the world, right? You don't advertise that. Like, this guy is the second best juggler in the world. You know, I don't know why I use juggling as a as yeah, a, 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 a audio show. There, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't see him juggle. I am gonna find this warhorse guy. I'm gonna rule his ass. Oh, I'm wow. gonna find out exactly how wide his ass is with a ruler, and then. Then I'll be the number one ruler of us in, in this town. I'm going to start looking for a new co-host. Well, why don't you pick the juggler? <laughs> number two juggler, yeah. Fuck it, we're, we're going to play a game. We're going to play Keep Your and Boil. Let's do it. <laughs> Yay. Oh, no. Dylan, are you okay? I'm not okay, Bryce. I'm really scared. You see, I've listened to every Making K-Vape episode, and now I don't know what to do. Nothing else will distract me from my spree of infamous rampages and my terrible, terrible murders, which I just can't stop. Oh, well, don't worry, Dylan. You won't have to go on any rampages. All you need to do is join us at the Making K-Vape Patreon page. The Making K-Vape Patreon page? What is that? I'm glad you asked, Dylan. The Making Cafe Patreon page is a website where you can get exclusive access to our super secret fantasy bookings, which nobody else gets to hear. We've got rebookings on Mr. McMahon as ECW champion, Samoa Joe, Yoshihiro Tajiri, Luna Vachon, Braun Strowman, and more available right now. But Bryce, my favourite tag team of all time is Head Cheese. Do you have a booking on them as well? Yes, we totally do. Oh, that sounds amazing. This sounds like the greatest website ever. Now, I've got five pounds in my pocket right here, which is the equivalent of seven US dollars. What can that get me? Well, that's perfect because that five pounds or seven US dollars can get you these 11 exclusive fantasy bookings. That's like 45 pence or 63 cents per episode. Just go to patreon.com forward slash making kayfabe today. Oh boy, howdy. I'm going to go and sign up for the Making Cafe Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Making Cafe right now, and that will stop my murderous, murderous tendencies. Thanks, Bryce. Although I will kill again. <laughs> <laughs> just like we fucking killed that script. Yeah. It's just so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, just, just fucking excellent salesman. Like, I mean, we've got them this time, dude. Like, they can't this time, resist. This is the one. Oh, yeah. This is the one. This is it. This is it. <laughs> We're going to look at the Patreon tomorrow and see Look-line a million signups. <laughs> got you motherfuckers over a barrel this time. That's it. You can't resist. Can't resist our charm. And, well, keep you Timbola is a fun little game we play at the end of every episode and if you're maybe a warhorse fan who's checking out our show for the first time here are the rules briefly so every week one of our badass listeners sends us in four wrestlers number one to four and four wacky scenarios lettered a to d and dylan here will shortly give me a number letter combination like a 4a or a 2b and then he's gonna have 60 seconds to improvise the greatest wrestling storyline ever based on what he has randomly chosen it's always so much fun to see what our listeners have come up with. And this week, the Kayfabe Timbola has been submitted by longtime listener Kevin Molnar at Kevin Molnar3298 on Twitter. Hello to you, Kevin, you sexy bastard. Hi. Thanks, th- 
Thanks for supporting Making Kayfabe, dude, and thanks for submitting this week's awesome Kayfabe to Bola. And Dylan, without further ado, can you please give me your finest number-letter combination? I mean, I think I'll be the judge of whether or not this is an awesome Kayfabe to Bola <laughs> in just a moment. But I would like a 1A, please. One A, just the just the straight up one A, straight the, across the top. Start, start with the instruction manual. Yeah, because I'm one A, because I'm the number one ass ruler in town. Get it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said well it. Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Suck right. my ass, warriors. <laughs> <laughs> and then come and measure it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> You got a lot of sucking to do. Let me just put oh, spoil yeah. that. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> get down to business. Do you, want to know, do you want to know who you could have had? Yes. You could have had Tamina Snooker. <laughs> so far, so good. Oh, no. It actually, it actually gets better. Who you have chosen to good as well, so don't worry. But you could have had Minoru Suzuki. Okay. You could have had Sean Moxley. Oh, I, I like my I like Moxley. Hmm. But who you did get and who you're booking this week in Cape Fifth and Bola is uh-uh. Who's that jumping out the sky? It's Rey Mysterio. Oh. You gotta get that guy a parachute. Gotta go yeah, exactly. Always jumping He's out. He's gonna the sky. get hurt. <laughs> He's gonna get hurt, yeah. You can only do that so many times before you get hurt, you know? Yeah. Do I know who what scenarios you didn't get? Why not? So you could have got Rey Mysterio develops a Jerry Seinfeld-esque stand-up comedian gimmick. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, you could have got Rey Mysterio. This is a long one. Rey Mysterio performs a satanic ritual to gain the powers of darkness, only for it to backfire. Now the wrestler is stuck sounding like Steve Urkel from Family Matters. I mean, that's what he did in real life. So, really? I mean, that's why you never hear Rey Mysterio cutting promos. Ah, because he sounds like Urkel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little known fact. Well, thank God you didn't get that. That's already been done. So, yeah, exactly. um, you could have got, <laughs> you could have got this one's. You could have got Rey Mysterio really hates kids and <laughs> kayfabe hops into the crowd to attack them, only to get KO'd every time. That one I really would have liked to do. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just think it's knocked out by kids. Ugh. So, right, this one. And by the way, like, before I tell you what this is, I'm just going to let you know, Kevin sent this months ago, but it is so fucking apt for the current day. Wait until you fucking hear this, right? God. You're going you're gonna to have to book. Rey Mysterio keeps winning the tag titles, but every partner he wins it with... Is fired by the company. Okay. For budget cuts, I'm guessing, you know. Well, that's going to be one reason. <laughs> it be lots of reasons. That's it. So, yeah. So he, Rey he, wins with, he wins it with lots of different tag partners, and they're all fired. Yeah, exactly. He wins, it with, wins the tag titles with so many different partners, but every time they do win it, the other guy gets fired, basically. Okay. So, do you want me to kill some time for a bit, or...? No, uh, you know what? That's just, I mean, people want to hear the inventive ways of other people get fired, I think. That's what they're looking for. That's I mean, you got, you got to get a better excuse than fucking budget cuts, right? And your record profit year. Uh, yeah, I totally. Yeah, totally. 
you've not got that. You're, you're going to say budget cuts, aren't you? Uh, well, it's just a really good way to get rid of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a really a good way to get rid of people. Oh, it's it? so yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin also says, enjoy, guys. And as always, keep up the great work. So cheers, Kevin. Cheers, Thank man. you. You did some so, good stuff. I was a little worried with Tamina Snooker right there. I got to say. <laughs> it didn't start off great, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's... Um, let's go let's go all right let's go for it so you're gonna Dylan you're gonna have 60 seconds to tell me all about how Rey Mysterio keeps winning the tag team titles but every partner he wins it with is then fired by the company I'm gonna count you down in three two one give me those budget cuts well first of all Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic Mysterio win the tag titles but then unfortunately they have to vacate the titles because Dominic Mysterio gets fired for being terrible at wrestling so Rey Mysterio is like, fuck, I got a new partner. And he does. And he gets a new partner, which is a new wrestler nobody's ever seen before. It's just kind of out of the indies. Nobody knows who he is. And they win the tag titles. But then uh, they have to vacate the tag titles because that guy gets fired. Because it turns out that man has the reincarnated spirit of Chris Benoit inside him. And they were, the company were like, we can't go down that road again. Fire this guy. So Mysterio is like, fuck, not again. So he gets a new tag team partner. Let's say uh, Gene Snitsky. But... <laughs> They win the tag titles, but you'll never guess what happens, what Gene Snitsky does. Rey Mysterio turns around as they're celebrating winning the tag titles. Snitsky's kicking babies into the audience, and Rey Mysterio's Snitsky. like, you, got, you gotta be kidding me, not again. Vince McMahon sees this, he's like, what's this baby kicking shit? You're out of here, Snitsky. And Rey Mysterio's like, are you kidding me with this? What the fuck? And Snitsky's like, that was the best job I've had in like fucking six years. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the alarm go off, do you want me to keep going? Go for it, why not? And then the next, so Rey Mysterio is like, oh, I got to get another tag team partner. So he's like, what about this guy? Um, so he picks, uh, oh, give me somebody shit. Who's, who's, uh, he gets Baron Corbin. And they win the tag titles. <laughs> but then Baron Corbin, like, accidentally um, spits on a, on a, on Vince McMahon himself. And Vince McMahon's like, I don't appreciate this. Getting spat on. But I'll allow it. And then Titus O'Neil walks past. He's like, you're fired instead. Because he loves picking on Titus O'Neil for no reason. <laughs> And so the tag team of Rey Mysterio and Baron Corbin lived together as tag team champions for seven years. Wow, yeah. seven years. Yeah, a long time. That's a hell of a reign. There you go. I don't know what Rey Mysterio was thinking. Like, well, first off, Dominic Mysterio can wrestle. He's he's a good little wrestler. Wait, what are you he's, saying? But uh, he's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about I don't know why Rey Mysterio brought on Gene Snitsky. I mean, you you, you hire a, a kind of a famed baby kicker, and what he, was he expecting? expect him to not kick babies, right? Exactly. exactly. I, don't know, I don't know what he was expecting. So you know, exactly. that, that's that's on Rey, if anything, you know. Yeah, just ask him for trouble. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it wasn't go. Gene Snitsky's fault. I mean, that one was. He's I mean, it wasn't. Babies. But he was it's, the one kicking. It's the a baby. condition, dude. He can't. He got can't. fired for kicking the. There's no medical condition where you kick babies. Yeah, there is. Oh well, good because I can use that in court. Perfect. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was the condition. It wasn't me. It's called Snitsky. Snitskyitis. Not ism. Ism's religion. sounds a bit right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're the medical expert. I wouldn't fucking know. That's that's it. I'm a doctor, so yeah, trust what I say. Kevin, dude, thanks for that temporal man. Um, and, I hope uh, you enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> I hope, it's, it's I hope that was everything you dreamed of. Yeah, <laughs> how apt is that though? Like people getting fired during this current period. It's a, uh, you know, it's a bit bizarre. But hey, maybe Kevin can tell the future. So uh, maybe that is what happens. Maybe Rey Mysterio is going to win the tag titles with Gene Snitsky. Who knows? So, but yeah, that was KP Nabola, folks. Let's wrap this episode up. 
Well, that was making KPA, my friends, with Tales of the Warhorse. We hope you managed to entertain you in the last hour or so. Hopefully you enjoyed today's rebooking. If you did, then a five-star review does a lot for us on your favourite podcast app. It pushes up the algorithm, helps us rub shoulders with the Conrad Thompsons and Bully Rays of the podcasting world. <laughs> Pricks. Pricks. Fucking arseholes. Similarly, if you're watching this on YouTube, a thumbs up, a subscribe, a comment goes a long way. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Making Kayfabe. Of course, if you want to support us with your wallet, you can absolutely do so at patreon.com forward slash Making Kayfabe and get some awesome, exclusive fantasy bookings in return for it. Of course, you're doing your bit just by downloading and listening to our stuff, man, but the Patreon's there if you want to throw some cash our way. Dylan, you are back in the booking seat next week. Do you have a little bit of a tease for what's coming up on episode 6 of season 5? Yes, I do. Uh, it plays into something that we mentioned just but a moment ago. I'm going to uh, narrow it down very, very succinctly and say that the person I'm rebooking next week is one of the 700 people that the WWE released <laughs> this year. So there you go. That should make it very clear and easy to figure out. <laughs> it's who it very is. obvious, yeah. Yes. So yeah. there you go. It's going to be uh, something to look forward to because you know whoever got fired this year any storyline they've had in the WWE has not worked out in their favor. So they're in sore need of rebooking, and we're going to provide that next week. So make sure you stick around for that. Damn right. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be a belter, and uh, it's a shame it's not Gene Snitsky, but, I mean, next season, I guess. That's us, folks. Thanks for tuning in and listening to today's rebooking. It's so great to see listeners new and old checking out our stuff. We really appreciate it, guys. We'll be back next week. Keep it kayfabe, and remember... Water is wet, grass is green, and Warhorse rules ass. Not as good as I do, though. Take care, folks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Tell Warhorse that I'm better at ass ruler than him. You're not. I have, I have the one like a big meter rule, so I can any any ass that comes my way, I can, I can measure it. What if the ass is bigger than one meter? I have one of those, you know those little uh, circles with the click on it that you Protractor? use for like... No, 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 the ones you use, like, if you're walking a mile to see how long a mile is. Like, if, if oh, right, okay. You know, one of the little, like... End, end of the stick, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah, one of those that like, clicks whenever you walk, like, a meter or whatever. I, right. I, can, I can measure any ass. I'm prepared. I know what I'm doing, Bryce. I'm, <laughs> you're a fucking expert. I'm the number one ass ruler. <laughs> I ain't a fucking amateur like this guy. <laughs> oh, shit, we're still recording. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>